In this week's Grit, we are joined by UI UX designer Lovisa Svedrup. We talk about the art of UX design, starting out in the industry, growing as a media professional, and the importance of a work-life balance. Great, so we're going to jump down to Oslo now to speak to Lovisa Sverdrup, uh, who is a UX and UI designer. Hi, Lovisa, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good, good. Um, so jumping straight into it, I suppose we, we, we see increasingly more and more jobs are arising in the UX, UI space. So do you want to just explain what a UX, UI designer does for those that don't know? It's, a, it's like a huge discipline. Uh, yeah. within the design world. So basically UX, we can just explain that first because yeah. it's a short uh, this short word for yes. user experience. Right. And UI is user interface. So mm -hmm. what I would just short say is that imagine a book uh, that's uh, like, why does the book exist? What does it, uh, the content of the book, how it's made? How is it uh, distributed? Everything around that, that's the user experience part. While how does the cover look? That's the UI part. So that's like the main aesthetic design. Right. So yeah. a UX designer work, well, I mainly work with technology solutions. Right. So products and services. Yeah. So when you're working in uh, agency, you get like the client and then work with their product, but you can also work in-house for a product or service. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like to say that UX is kind of like, fills the gap between design and uh, development, marketing and stuff, yeah. uh, to keep everything uh, aligned and kind of have like an overview that the product is consistent. I suppose it's, um increasingly like when technology first came just keeping on the technology tip when technology mm -hmm. came along it was very much designed as like functional and and by people who were sort of technolo technological so so there wasn't a sort of people didn't think about usability so much so actually you had to be a bit of an a, a, an expert to use many things but as technology increases how people use it has become more important right yeah uh, and also with the technology today, um, we just gather so much data from yeah. the usage of it and all the analytics around. And with that data and also user research, we build better products. So do you do you spend a lot of time looking at, at kind of usage analytics or do you do a lot of uh, ethno sort of ethnographic research of like looking at people and how they use it because I know di different people approach UX in different ways. Yeah, uh, so for my case, uh, I'm kind of still new, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, basically, I work at uh, Tweet Pearl um, right. and I got that job in uh, October yeah. and started in December. So I've only been there for three months. <laughs> Right. So it's all very new to me, and I'm just so impressed with all the knowledge and uh, uh, competences that the, with the, like the people I work with, they're just yeah. the yeah, they're amazing. And uh, working with UX, it's just so many aspects that I haven't actually haven't like gotten into the research part yet, which is like right. it's a big area, but also. I don't think you can expect that from someone who just took a bachelor's degree uh, like one and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's definitely something I would 
try, I mean, get into, yeah. but I don't think I can say much about it today. Right. No, no, no. I mean, it, so at the moment, are you kind of getting a sense of like what the UX is of, of, of your product and, and understanding how your product is used? Yeah. Uh, so basically, like facilitating a couple of workshops yeah. last year, uh, which was challenging doing over Teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was uh, fun and uh, I learned a lot. And that's also like one of the reasons why I started in UX was to be closer to people. I still sit behind the computer um, but I also have much more contact with uh, both the client and also the team. Yeah. I mean, we work really well together and collaborating and, uh, yeah, coming up with uh, great solutions. So, yeah, doing um, UX is a lot about uh, coming up with uh, uh, like understanding the context of use and uh, the requirements um, to design the solution. And then, like, never, like, don't stop when you're finished because you're never finished. It's always yeah. like a continuous, like, with testing, and then you have to iterate and make changes and just continue to make uh, everything. Yeah. So, so what what kind of what kind of a team of people do you work with as a UX designer? I can take one example. Yeah. So I'm working with the uh, Yeah. Big bookstore. Here in Norway, yeah. and uh, we're just uh, starting on it though. But we're a team of eight people actually, so right. it's, uh, it's but it's going to be a lot of projects going on um, at the same time. But we have uh, UX designers, we have uh, people with uh, marketing. Uh, I'm going to say uh, buzzwords with like CRM and uh, yeah. <laughs> personalization and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. Uh, people with different competences is different. It's definitely a key to success. Yeah. And also be like, this is one thing I am quite bad at. And that's to kind of accept and be kind to yourself that you can't know everything. Right. Yeah. And I think that you could, I think that's maybe kind of like a beginner, just out of school thing to think like, oh, oh, there's just so many things I don't know, you know, and you get all this, um, you kind of get this imposter syndrome. <laughs> right. Uh, kind of feeling that, uh, oh, I should know this. Oh, and I'm just spending like my spare time like Googling and researching and you, you don't really have to know everything to get started at least. And then you will build pretty good knowledge base in your head as you go. It's, it's I think it is difficult when you start out um... Because in your mind, you feel like you have to know everything. And no, nobody really tells you that most of the people you're going to work with, particularly when you're starting out, are going to expect you to know everything. They, they acknowledge you've come out of school and, and they're probably amazed that you know some of the things you do know. And so, so because, you know, not, not always, school doesn't always teach you what you need to know in work, right? So, so oh, yeah. it, 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 it can be a little bit like, we're going to teach you uh, in our ways as well. And it's about probably having curiosity and the right mindset rather than, than knowing everything. And uh, as a tip, somebody told me recently, we need to discourage all women from believing that they have imposter syndrome because it's a common curse. <laughs> and it, and yeah. it's, it's, I think men are very cocky about what they know, whereas, and, and you shouldn't, don't call yourself an imposter. Yeah, I know. But I think you get in that position when, especially when you just get thrown into uh, like, 
for example, like getting thrown into working with the Yarnia, which is the client yeah. I got on the day I started and just starting to make their tech advanced uh, solution they're mm. working on and also uh, designing their new design system. Like it's just so much new stuff. And, uh, but I think it's good that the, that the industry and uh, especially where I work, it's very uh, open to not knowing everything and that they're like, okay, but that's fine. Then we're going to teach you. So we have uh, several uh, employees that are still like school yeah, uh, and that's cool. Yeah. And also like me with uh, taking a bachelor's degree in media production, it's, it's not that relevant <laughs> to what I'm doing. Um, I do, I do use the, the methods like the qualitative quantitative methods. That's a yeah, good yeah. thing in user research. And, and, and that's interesting because your pathway to this, let, let's talk a little bit about that because you had a, you had a background in design, mm -hmm. but then you chose to do a media production line when doing your bachelor, but then you've come back to design, but, <laughs> and you've gone, gone around the houses, but, so, so what was, do you, do you want to explain your path or your thinking or, or did you just want to explore lots of things or? Yeah, I think when you're, um, so I took an internship when I was 18 for two years and, and I, I really liked it working with yeah. uh, interaction design or web design. Uh, but then kind of got into that, oh, but the society, says that, oh, you should take a higher education. So why not take a bachelor's degree? Um, what do I do? Like, what do I, um, what's my hobbies? And I was thinking like, oh, I like watching Netflix. Okay, why not uh, make television series? You know, <laughs> uh, thinking about it, I was probably caught up with the UX of Netflix. Like <laughs> they, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they graphed, uh, yeah, they, um, they sold me. Um, but I think, throughout the, ba the bachelor's degree. I just, um, and actually I'm going to give some credits to you on this one, because with the, the thing you said, you told us uh, that look at what you do in your spare time. I remember it very clearly today. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look at what you're doing in spare time, notice it, and just think about how important it is. Because, you know, studying isn't something you have to do. That's a uh, volunteer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was what I really like put uh, my energy and time into was what I did in my spare time, which was design. I was uh, working part time and also volunteering a lot around in Walbach. And that just, I think it actually put me on the right course. <laughs> and so the, I don't know, uh, the last year in Volda was just, uh, I just needed to get, uh, get going. I think can start my life. <laughs> it, it, it's also, I mean, I, th I think that that notion of kind of interdiscipline is really good. You know, like, you know, there's that famous story of, you know, Steve Jobs wouldn't have designed Apple the way he designed it if he hadn't taken a calligraphy class at school, you know, and, <laughs> and I think things that you can learn about storytelling, massively important to, to, to UX. That's, oh, yeah. as you say, the stuff you, 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 you learn about uh, audience research and thinking about audience is, is really important. And I think just some of the, the management skills, people skills, 
all of the, all, all of those soft i think sometimes we fixate on on bachelors like all right i must be a this and i must have these technical skills but actually there's a whole bunch of skills that probably come out of most bachelors if you boil it down to to the essence and sometimes you just need those 3 years to discover what really floats your boat you know and th and then yeah. you then you kind of and 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 there's never a straight path and you don't continue doing everything for the rest of your life either you 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 you, you dabble around in things i think um and ux is a wonderful area that involves so many different aspects of all of that you know you might have to deal with video at some point you might have to think about how do how do people use uh, the interaction of online videos you say you know mm. if you look if you look at most of the people employed at netflix their ux and and back system you know they, they don't make much <laughs> so 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 i think i think um increasingly that's an area of, of kind of interest so what are the kind of challenges you face on a day-by-day -day basis what are the kind of uh, things you have to deal with, I guess. Well, I think you just have to um, try and be comfortable with the constantly being you know, challenged, and that you should um, like be open for uh, feedback a lot of the time. With like, like in UX communication, is is just such a massive part of it. Be aware that the hours is going to <laughs> yeah. it's going to go overboard. But it's um, it's really fun to make you know, solutions with a great team, and also I think it's fun to see that uh, what you're making is actually making an impact in society. If you could like go as far and say that, but yeah, challenges. I think UX has the same challenges as a lot of other disciplines in this industry. Are you finding as well? I mean, we're, we're living in such a strange time at the moment. So you've started this job in a strange time. <laughs> and <laughs> But on the same token, I was looking at some trends analysis today, like the rise of e-commerce and digitalization globally right now is just yeah. going, is going crazy. And I think people are shifting business models and so forth. And, and, and given that you're, you're you're working for a company that deals in kind of these these kind of solutions for people to help bridge those. Are you finding that the, there's a there's a change going on? Or? Oh yeah, massively. So yeah, in Three Pearl, we are focusing on the customer journey, and also we do a lot e-commerce, as you said. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, for the non-buzzword people, the <laughs> net tunnel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the web store. Um, yeah. It's a lot of, um, you, just, you have to have your tongue straight in the mouth, as we say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when you're working. Because they, like, when I, I, when I started as an intern, I, I got into web design and there is some UX there as well. Not as, yeah. um, not as broad as uh, I am doing now, but uh, with taking the three-year bachelor's degree and then coming back to it, I felt like, I don't know anything. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it moves quick, yeah. Yeah, it was just everything I knew then is just so outdated, you know? Everything has gotten like a whole new <laughs> uh, updated version of itself. But actually, so when I got this job, I also had to two weeks off from the other job and I just speed read everything. like. Yeah. It's looking up uh, all the different articles, resources, courses, just to feel like I was up to speed. But 
I, I don't think I still am. Like, uh, there's just so much. And it, I suppose it, it, it's, it's one of those industries as well, depending on what you're dealing with. Like the, the, there, are, there are probably pockets, as, as with any, any industry, there are pockets that you won't be dealing with for a long time. Mm. Uh, you know, like you, you, there might be a whole area of UX design about AR. Oh, and yeah. if you're not dealing with AR, you're not, you're not going to go anywhere near it. And that's a whole another ball game to something that, that is a, mm. a, a web solution or, mm. or a mobile solution and, and so forth. And I, I mean, I think that that's an exciting thing about about it, and it constantly evolves and, and new things come out. Do, do you find yourself? I think when I dabbled in UX some years ago, I found myself suddenly seeing the world in a different way. Do you find? Do you find that like you're you're you're, you're using things and realizing what's broken and what what works? Like, do you start to recognize these things? Oh yeah, but that's the same with. Um... Uh, media production when you look yep. at a film you just suddenly start to analyze the, the whole story oh the yeah. the main character's arc sucks oh you know and that's yeah. what i do with uh, when i open an app like for example the new app clubhouse i'm yes. like how do i use it <laughs> i i work with this like it should be but yeah i mean it's a better uh, mode so I understand yeah, yeah. it, but still, I have I have some points down on uh, how they should make it better. I don't know. The, um, there is a lot of uh, buzzwords and technical language in this industry, which is not uh, something they. I don't think they expect you to know everything. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask, like, what do you mean? Because I think I was very bad at it at the beginning because I didn't want to seem stupid, but. Uh, at some point, you just have to ask, like, what are you talking about? Or else yeah. you will just fall off the wagon. And e even when you know a whole bunch of stuff, I mean, I think somebody started talking about meatball menus to me the other day. And I was like, what on earth is that? <laughs> I knew what a, a, a hamburger menu was, but oh, yeah. I didn't know what a meatball <laughs> menu was. And it's apparently like when you have three dots and you pull mm. something. It, it, it was just a, a, a new term. And I think these terms come into existence all the time and different and different things. And is, is there a universe universal language to UX or does it, does it actually have a sort of Norwegian element and a English element, or is it a fairly universal language? It's actually fairly like, I would say international English. Yeah. Um, so we have like uh, different principles and methods yeah. and theories, um, yeah. which I deep dived into in uh, November. Yeah. So, but it kind of blends quite good in with uh, just the normal design principles. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, for example, the Gestalt principles is very interesting, and uh, yeah, that's something I actually sh just would recommend anyone to take a look at. But um, yeah, there is uh, there is different resources and uh, UX. Um, courses you can take and uh are there any sort of like core method methodologies that you use when you're when you're dealing with it like is design thinking quite a strong aspect to what you do and do you use certain methods at all for for the process because there are so many around nowadays but i'm just wondering if there are any core ones that you, you use well as you say there is a uh, many different frameworks to work with one I can mention is the design sprint framework is uh, very good mm -hmm. and that's uh, sort of in the 
a researching phase, like stage one of a project. Yeah. And also, I have been uh, making um, a couple of websites with a um, framework called, uh, is it a story book? Basically, it, it has a lot of elements from storytelling, which I found very interesting. Yes. Because of my bachelor's degree. So, uh, Yes. <laughs> and it's a uh, it's a way to make a website um, lead generating, as we say, so that it converts right. sales and um, make uh, make the user uh, do an action on the website yeah. because that's the goal of a website, you know, and yeah, or else it shouldn't uh, even uh, exist if it's not like just for plain information. Yeah. It should give you something. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there's a lot of tools, a lot of uh, frameworks and methods. Um, there's the new ones popping up all the time. So no, for sure. And 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 do you find because it, it it's that weird blend, isn't it, of of technology design, but there's also a lot of psychology mm. in 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 UX. Have you have you found that's an area you've sort of delved in, like trying to understand why people do stuff, and from a usability perspective, I guess. I can't like come up with like a concrete example, but I think that's just something that's all always there. Like you kind of just get to know how people interact with certain elements on a website, and uh, that's just uh, that's just how it is. So I, I can't like on top of my mind just come up with something. But if there's like one thing that is a very important part of UX, it's the accessibility of it. Yes. So making the uh, product and service uh, accessible for any everyone, um, and especially blind people and people with uh, certain, um, how do you say, um, sort of cognitive issues and and so yeah, yeah just certain accessibility issues. It, it, it's something that always has pained me in about early days of the web that, and you see it a lot. I mean, education should be the highest standard, yeah. really. So, but you see a lot of educational apps and websites that don't cater for don't cater for universal design at all, and uh, and how how to navigate things becomes impossible. As as somebody that has had to navigate the UDI system a number of times with immigration <laughs> and stuff, it's a nightmare. I I kind of I swear at it from a usability perspective oh, yeah. all the time. So so yeah. No, but yeah. that's one thing that I kind of feel is um, working with UX and with accessibility. It's uh, it's a good thing for society to be um, yes to be interested in. And I've been I've been very interested in it in a couple of years now. And uh, so I, I, that's like one other thing I do is just whenever I see a website that's just oh. I just get so frustrated. Why can't they just? But yeah, it's and it's also kind of a part of our job is to kind of convince the client that they should you should have this uh, uh, color on the button and not not that one because we have to have the correct contrast or else it won't pass the accessibility checker. And but they often yeah. they don't understand it because they don't want to compromise their brand. So then we have to help them. <clears throat> make it um like come up with a compromise i guess uh for it and uh yeah that's sort of thing is um is fun to work with and uh and it's also a big part of uh working with the design systems 
which is something I also have just been um, introduced to. And it's a huge, um, it's a huge task uh, for UX designer to put up. And uh, but right. it's just uh, amazing to have because it makes the road from design to development uh, just much uh, simpler and cleaner. And, and do you do you find yourself working in kind of prototype state like like other levels of prototypes that you do that are that are sort of lo-fi prototypes that you can walk clients through and design through because some, sometimes people think of the look yeah and then then the functionality comes but actually the look of things doesn't always fit the 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 how, how the ux should work so do, do you have to do prototypes with people and kind of walk them through it yes uh we do and um we are very um specific specific to like we, we tell the client that okay so this is how we're going to do a project. We're going to work in phases and stages uh, so that you will now be introduced to uh, uh, information architecture, as we call it, like the site structure of everything. Yeah. Uh, this is how we're going to build it. And then we go on to the low-fi wireframes, which is uh, basically just uh, boxes of, okay, this content yeah. goes here, this image goes here. And then you just have to you know, specify uh, through with the client that uh, uh, this is not how it's actually going to look. And uh, yes, they, they will probably right. have like uh, different comments and they always get happy when they look, the, when they see the final design um, because then they see their baby come to life. You know, they see their brand. Yeah, yeah. It's very important to work structural and um, with uh, have good processes. And especially processes that we share with the team so that we don't work in silos, as we call it, when you work yeah. by yourself yeah. and don't share information. Mm. And we also try to inspire our, our clients to do the same because I think a lot of clients are very silo based, especially big enterprises in a way. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Make the just the communication flow better because it just makes it better for everyone, also us who work with the clients. Uh, to make their solution and, and that, that's a thing isn't it i think when 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 people go into the creative industries and, and probably like when you first start out as a student or or, or whatever everybody sometimes fixates on the creativity mm. like i just want to make stuff i just want to design stuff i just want to draw stuff and one of the things i hear from so many design students is i like working on my own <laughs> that's why i like doing design and i always kind of go i've never ever met a designer that works on their own and doesn't work yeah. in a team and those process the processes of creativity and getting something to a product are really important so i mean even if you freelance you won't work alone and uh, yeah. you should never work that alone because you need feedback to make everything better yeah. even if like it's from another designer or you need feedback from a user you will never sit by yourself and work on it is, is that is that a sort of process you have to adjust to as well because I, th I, th I think when particularly when people are students but when people are starting out it's really hard to listen to feedback like we're all a bit precious oh, yeah. right <laughs> but but i think when you're in the world of work maybe does it become easier or, or like there's a transition uh, i can just tell you right now it doesn't get easier <laughs> i mean i think it it kind of depends on where your um confidence in like 
uh, for me, I have made around, uh, so in my career, I have made around 250 websites, uh, a lot of small websites yeah. though, but it's been very repetitive, which means that I've gained a lot of confidence with making those sort of websites. So I feel like confident with giving feedback, but also receiving because I can then like discuss with them why I sh uh, want it this way, you know? Uh, but yeah. with this, uh, with my new job, getting into UX and with all the design systems and everything, then I get kind of vulnerable again because uh, I don't know the right answer, right? I I just uh, kind of like, okay, this is what I made. What do you think? Um, is it good? <laughs> is that it's it can be difficult sometimes getting feedback when you feel a little bit vulnerable or, 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 or not a hundred percent secure yet. And that's just something that you build up with experience. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Cause as you say, as, as a designer, you've done it many times, therefore you, you've, you know, and, and you feel comfortable with it. But when it's something new, that's, you, you feel a bit more vulnerable about it can be done. Yeah. Tough. And as a new, um, like coming out from, uh, your studies, everything will probably be very new you probably have like learned some of it and done some different exams or tasks that you're yeah. in, in school. I think you just have to kind of fake it till you make it uh, in a way, but <laughs> at the same time, be humble and open for feedback. And also don't be afraid to share your work. <laughs> and that's coming from me uh, who deletes her Instagram all the time. Uh, but um, <laughs> No, just um, and also kind of embrace what you maybe made for like a year ago, uh, even though you think it sucks. I remember last year. Uh, so when I got out of my bachelor's degree in Volda in 2019, I started a full time at the same uh, agency that I've always worked. Uh, I just worked from right. Oslo. Um, and then I yeah, I was actually sitting here also alone, which sucked. Um, and I was also applying for different jobs back then, but I didn't get any offers uh, because of right. my, well, I guess like, I won't say lack of experience, but mostly like the level I was on probably, or that maybe I was getting right. too high, I don't know. Anyways, th then COVID came and I was like, okay, thank God I have a job. Uh, <laughs> but then I also got thrown out to working with uh, visual identities, which is a whole right. other discipline in design world. Yeah. So, and I remember I was just, uh, I was just developing my skills so fast that something I made and delivered to a client, I thought sucked uh, after a week, which, <laughs> which right. is, uh, I don't know, it's kind of fun to look back on. Remember to put yourself out there and also don't be afraid to uh, contact people in the industry, I guess. I, I mean, it's. I think it was kind of scary, but when I was applying for work in last fall, I did actually contact a couple of people I've met in the industry and ask them for feedback yeah. on my work just Great. to like, okay, is there anything I can do better here or there? Like, should I show this? And yeah. Uh, and also mm. sh you should actually show sh uh, case studies. Um, and also with the media production, uh, you can make case studies with showing how you 
started and how you finished on the project. Just show the behind. Yeah, like yeah, how yeah, you tackled it. The yeah, behind yeah, the yeah, scenes yeah. of it. Because, I mean, everyone can just put up some mockups and it will look great. But, yeah. I mean, it's actually about how you, yeah, as you say, tackle the problems. And that's what yeah. the employer also wants to see. Um, so in my interview, yeah. I did show two case studies. Yeah, they were, you know, impressed that I um, show it to them. I told them like, okay, this did not go well, but then we sold it with this, you know. I was very open with the mistakes yeah. and the results and everything, yeah. Yeah, I, I was trying to explain to particularly design students who are putting portfolios together to, to put those case studies of not just the what the end product looks like, but what was the process? Yeah. What was the brief? How did you tackle the brief? How did you approach the project? How did you go about that? Was your what was your method? I don't mean like what was your scientific method, but just explaining how you tackled it because I think that it's it is that what is what employers are looking at rather than just the they, they kind of take it as a given that you can design stuff, but they want to understand how. Yeah, you think and about um, it. I mean. Uh, I don't have any open case studies in my portfolio as we speak now, but that's because you don't have to have it public mm. because you have to respect client work or something like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. just a tip for the, the student that you can still show your work, just you don't have to make it public. No, exactly. You can you can just send it as a private link or whatever. And um, there was an interesting point you made there, which is, and I reflect on this when when students finish their bachelor they kind of often go, great, that's my learning done <laughs> off into the world of work. Is, is, is it like that? Or, or I mean, do you ever stop learning? No, I actually had a hard time with not uh, finding anything after my bachelor's degree. I mean, I, I did have something, but that's yeah. because I was lucky to have something from previously. You're gonna get, you're going to get your little design soul crushed every time you get a no. But just, that's just how it is. And for every no, you're going to learn a lot. And uh, I also uh, asked the interviewer for feedback on how I did so that I could learn from that as yeah. well. I mean, the finding a job process sucks, I think. W were, there any no were there any nuggets of, of, of feedback they gave you about like, just because sometimes people give feedback just about how how you conduct an interview and stuff, because actually that's something we don't really yeah. teach. And I keep thinking about this. We should, we should do like almost speed dating interviews just to get people used to the muscle memory of what it's like. Because I, I just wondered like, if you're not used to it, did you get feedback about confidence or how, how you explain things or anything like that? What was the kind of nuggets you got from that? So just showcasing your work is a really good thing that you, you're not afraid to stand out. Uh, so now I'm just talking about the positive things, but <laughs> but that is a cool thing. Like they do come with uh, good feedback as well in those. But yeah, it's it's a confidence thing, definitely. Like yeah, I think new yeah. people just starting out is very critical to their work. So while they're presenting it, they can come off as criticizing their own work in front of the and then i mean mm. like criticizing it not just uh, okay yeah just talking um, it down and yeah yeah yeah. so i actually got that once <laughs> i was like oh shit um <laughs> yeah if, if, if you start off explaining why it doesn't work <laughs> it's never a great no, start to a pitch is it yeah yeah it, you're basically trying to sell yourself and how i mean you only have like i don't know 30 minutes one hour 
it's yeah, not yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. i think you have to be kind of lucky um with a new job i have now i actually got lucky i was in one interview uh, and got the job but that's just luck um it's nice. i've had uh, interviews where i've had to make case and that's like the worst because at your then then you're just stuck the whole week working on uh just a case that's yeah, never yeah. going to be used or you don't want to look at it again because it just reminds you of the process yeah. <laughs> what what one of one of the things that you did while studying was you actually took a, a semester abroad and and again you you kind of did something that was design oriented do you want to just talk a little bit about did was how that informed you kind of experientially because i think i think people don't always think about like trying out different learning environments different places i was just wondering how how, how that informed you well um so i went to new zealand in 2018 and yeah. um well it was uh it was amazing but i think i mostly went there just for the experience <laughs> but uh and i went to a university so um it was much more theoretical um and not that much practical right. and also i think you have to be kind of aware and this is like a good thing for us uh, norwegians is that uh, in norway we have really good quality uh, at our schools, universities, because the right. university I went to is like, it's a kind of like top 10 or something in the whole world. It's really like, uh, right. good. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like I didn't really learn that much because the, the level was just so low and was just so easy to get an A, which is okay. I was like, okay, uh, I pay a lot of money for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, the, 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 I suppose the experience the experience yeah. of going abroad as well because i think like having to mix with other cultures having to deal with things outside mm. of your comfort zone does that kind of I, I know norwegians are pretty good at traveling around um but di did you find that that kind of gave you new perspectives uh, at all or? i mean yeah uh, i went alone yeah. as well to the other side of the planet yeah. which was uh, fun but uh, i never felt alone which was uh, good because I just constantly challenged myself to be social and to just yeah. uh, go outside the door every day and just suck in the new experiences. I did actually take a project management course, which was very interesting. Yeah, yeah where I learned a lot about different methods and processes. No, it's just, I, I, I think most UX de designers that I've known or met are really good at leaning into kind of experience like they become very observant to experiences and maybe they have a better human connection to experiences and that's what helps inform mm. them as a designer because they have a it's like having an antennae for for, for humans experience and it, it becomes a good thing in the work as well even though you're not technically learning it it's something that goes into the into the brain and 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 comes mm. part of the process i guess mm. so in in terms of kind of like path forward what what do you see as your path forward in in ux or design or i i've always said that i i i envisage you being a great creative director one day and i see that in your in your horizon so i'm just wondering like what what, what are your kind well, of thoughts i guess now? i have i guess i have to start one place <laughs> and uh yeah i think you can just become a creative director 
that fast. No. Right now, I'm just exploring different disciplines. I guess I wasn't like planning on becoming a UX designer, but uh, I guess like the the road just led me here in a way. Uh, I do enjoy it uh, very much. It's um, it's very fun fun to be able to mix like design you get to mix the um, working in team with people and the, the creative problem solving is always fun yeah and i mean it's um i have like a lot of different directions i can take i guess but for me personally i i don't think i will like completely let go of the media production because i still have a passion for storytelling and uh uh, also, like making content and uh, photography and so forth. So, uh, being able to kind of combine everything will be amazing. Uh, and with the uh, UX yeah. uh, design knowledge, it would uh, I would be the king of the world. <laughs> no, no, I, I, but I, I, I think I think having it as a discipline and having it uh, as something you've done or do, you know. Um, in the grand mix of creativity is really good. I, I think when I started, dab I never did UX design, but I worked with U UX designers uh, uh, in creating products and so forth. And it opened my eyes to storytelling. It opened my eyes to, well, what, why do audiences want to do stuff? Why do audiences want to watch stuff? It's actually just working in one in one singular field is a bit mm -hmm. is a bit restrictive. If you're somebody that likes likes the whole kind of yeah. creative process uh, w w which i get a sense you do i don't think you'll ever find yourself right i'm stuck in this little corner of the creative industries these things merge around and you'll, you'll end up working with people who are creating content and having an appreciation for that makes you a better ux mm -hmm. designer anyway or makes you a better creative director or makes you a better content creator having an awareness of all of these things i'm glad i understood things about about ux because it, it made me think more about yeah. how you structure things that eventually go on the web because people watch stuff on the web differently it also uh, i think we don't know yet where all mm. of this is going to go you know ux design didn't really exist as a discipline when i was at <laughs> university and, and now it's this i mean even when i first came to norway i don't think there was that much going on it seems to be blowing oh, yeah. up in a big way. Uh, I see it everywhere, like job applications for uh, UX. It's everywhere. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, if you want to pursue that career, it's definitely you have jobs waiting for you, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think most uh, people start out as an UI. Uh, that's what I did, I would yeah. say. But then you just kind of get curious about but what about like everything around it, you know? So that's kind of what made me yeah, yeah. go into that. And also with having a personality that wants to comment on everything, I, I just felt it was like natural for me to go into that direction. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, I was talking to a creative director about this the other week. I think as every, as the world comes out of lockdown and these various things, the desire to have experiences is going to just grow because we've been kind of stopped <laughs> from having experiences and we've discovered new experiences through through digital tools and so on. But I think the world of experiences could suddenly open up that will be reality mixed with media, mixed with digital, 
and who knows exactly what that will involve. But I think that there's interesting things down the line. I think the way that retail will work will be completely yeah. different. That could be a, it could be a mix of e-commerce and physical in a smart way that nobody's really thought about yet. And, and there's so much innovation going on that it's a great place to be to be thinking about these things. Yeah, it's uh, super fun to be a part of. And uh, as you said, that we work a lot with the uh, online and offline store, as we call it, like a physical store and also online store, and how yeah. they work together. And uh, that they're like one entity instead of two separate things. Um, working yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. with the, the buzzword omni-channel, which is basically the... <laughs> Yes. Uh, the brands, um, all the channels the brands uh, exist on, working together. And uh, yeah. we work a lot with, so we have a thing going on right now at Clubhouse where we talk about headless uh, technology and stuff, which makes, I, I'm not going to go into that, but like, as you say, the technology and everything is just so in such a development at the moment that it's so fun to be a part of it. Could make a lot of cool stuff <laughs> with it. It's very very inventive because people start asking yeah. what if we did this and it, it, it it's you know there could be a a, a fairly interesting digital <laughs> renaissance going on as we speak. <laughs> so 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 there, i think there are going to be lots of interesting things kind of pop out of it i'm conscious we're sort of coming up for the hour what advice would you give because you know you 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 graduated uh, a little over a year ago um, what advice would you give, because there are people about to graduate around the world fairly soon, possibly going into this sphere, what advice would you give graduates from, from your own experience? What would you tell graduating you again? I would, uh, I would just say, I think I would actually just say fake it till you make it uh, in a way. It's kind of cliche. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, and especially for us uh, women, as we were into in the beginning here, with having imposter syndrome and not enough confidence just trust that you you know uh that you have competence in the area uh, in discipline because i mean you've studied it you probably have a degree in it and um you're i mean you're fresh out of school um and a lot of employers are drawn to that they want new fresh blood so don't be afraid mm. to show your work contact uh, people in your network show that you exist and that you you're super eager to learn and uh, that you are interested in the, the area in the discipline i don't know i just uh, just saying it out loud now just uh, i think i just feel like i'm in the same boat as them like the new student and the new working people again <laughs> well no no but it, it, it's with with each iteration mm. with each step you you know you go through a, a, a new and you, any new job is always takes a little bit of time to stabilize and and and, and so forth. Uh, I think every job I've ever had, it took me three or four years before I felt I was actually like on solid on solid ground. And and, and many jobs I did net were were, were short, more short term than that. But one of the, I mean, when you raise that thing uh, about having confidence, and I know I'm a, a white male saying this, but it's. It always struck me as odd in your year group in particular that the most competent people were all women, but they were always the ones that had the most doubt. <laughs> and 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 it's it is important to me to like constantly say that and trying to do it in a non patronizing way, but but just like 
please yeah. don't doubt yourself. I think men, you you get a lot of men starting out who are very assured of themselves and actually they quite often don't have much to back it up <laughs> but but the women who doubt themselves are are usually like 10 steps ahead of everyone else and i i i hope female listeners can kind of take that on board like don't doubt yourself and 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 then you know it's not that you have to be a strong woman it's just just be who you are and and, and being a woman has nothing to do with that just just have confidence because i don't think enough people breathe yeah and uh, also i would say that uh, work life is actually how do you say like the industry is actually not that scary like people are like there's a quite a lot of people that you're like why are you even here like there is a lot of people who's just uh yeah i think you guys get what i mean with the with the yeah i think you kind of in your head you kind of play everything like you think oh this is just this uh big scary uh, universe you you don't want to go into because it's just filled with uh, demons and um, antagonists but really they're just want to be your friend and your guide yeah and i th- I, th- I think that's more true now mm. than ever before and i think that old old school toxic culture that people talk about in media is actually quite a small mm. area and I don't think it happens as much as people say it does. And I think, generally speaking, the, the people who are actually really successful tend to be pretty nice because mm. they help people because it's that kind of industry. Everybody helps each other out and tries to connect each other because it's that kind of industry. I don't think everybody's out to kind of step on each other. Admittedly, there are people in the room occasionally that you you think like, God, I spent years thinking I wasn't worthy to be here. And then you look around the room and you're like, what? Oh, why, what was I worried about? <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that happens too. But um, uh, it, it's it's not it's not rocket no, science, as just, you say. Just remember to value yourself and know that you're worth something. Because I think a lot of new, uh, what do I always say, new students that they're new um, new entrants. Yeah, and don't like when you see the first uh, like if you ask them how much do you get paid. Uh, and they say like a ridiculous low um, low number. You should know that you're worth more than that. Like you shouldn't work for free. And uh, you do have a like yeah. if you have a degree, you have put lots of hours, money into it. And also just uh, yeah, just stand up for yourself. Um, you are you have rights as an employee, and uh, maybe even like um, how do you say organize yourself? No, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 like unionize and or yeah, yeah. If you feel like you have to do that, you can do it because I think in this industry, you you can very quickly be exploited in a way, and that this industry is a time thief. Um, and especially especially if you're a yes, yes person, uh, if you just say yeah, 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 I can do that. Yeah, before you before you know it, you've overwhelmed yourself, burn yourself out for for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was me three weeks ago. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I just said yes to everything, and uh, I just wow. I I woke up at two a.m. Uh, last week, and uh, I was I was ready to go to the office to at two a.m. My head just was not wasn't there when I looked at the clock, and when I realized, I just had like this realization, like holy curse word. I I should. I should yeah. calm down. I should say no to stuff because 
I get paid for this amount of hours a week. I shouldn't work every night. I mean, you have rights. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and yeah, learning, learning to put barriers in. Yeah. learning to manage your time so i mean what, what can be difficult sometimes is when people are asking you to do stuff you want to be seen as enthusiastic and helpful because that that that's what kind of gets you on but also you have to be actually a bit mindful of what you're saying yes to because yeah. if you say yes to yeah this mountain and and to some degree if you said yes to everything the people you said yes to have a right to be annoyed if you don't do it <laughs> so so <laughs> it, 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 it's it's being yeah being a, learning to say no is the hardest thing when you're starting out but it's the most valuable thing at various stages i think there are times when it's okay to just push the boat out a little bit but you choose it for the right project and because you're getting something out of it beyond just appeasing somebody or, 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 or pleasing somebody, if you're getting something major out of it for yourself, then maybe it's worth it. But you've got to make that value judgment always, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're going to meet and have coworkers with the exceptional uh, work ethic. Like they're going to be up all night working because that's yeah. what they choose to do. That's what they enjoy. Me, the other hand, I do not enjoy working late hours every night because it affects my health. And yeah. that's just how it is. And I've told my employer that. So, uh, and everything's good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're all different. As, as, as a reformed workaholic, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think like for a period of time, I used to look at other people and go, oh, God, they're working longer hours. I, I, I must just fill in, the, otherwise I'm lazy. And then I suddenly realized, well, no, if I'm actually more effective and get things done quicker <laughs> and, and I can say no and I've got to balance my life out. There are times in, my, in, in your life that you kind of go, I don't mind working it because you're in flow. Yeah, that's but, true. But if, if you're not, and if you do that too much, you burn yourself out and then, then you've, got no, you've got no energy, no and you can't do the job so you have to you have to be mindful of that yeah for sure yeah i got a burnout actually like the the week before lockdown in march last year yeah. <laughs> so i was like oh well that worked out everyone is home now so yeah no but uh yeah take care of yourself first and foremost yourself and your family and friends and then yeah the job comes the the, the great the graveyard is full of irreplaceable people you know <laughs> so no, nobody gets to their deathbed and goes, I wish I'd worked more, <laughs> you know, so, no. so don't do it. So, so it, it, it's worth uh, uh, getting that balance right. Lavisa, it's been really great catching up with it and hearing all about what you're up to and, and the world of UX. It's been really inspirational. There's some great points there. I'm sure people will, will benefit from it greatly. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Better myself and I proved it. I know the industry ruthless. I'm really a threat for nuisance. The Chevy a dropping is ruthless. Think I'm the one and I proved it. I know the industry foolish. Think we're seeing the movies. It really ain't dropping out of coolness. 